What's up, citizens? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Hey, we in the building. It feels feels good to be back. <laughs> well, we are on episode number 37. Woo, we, 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 we climbing. We climbing the rankings, y'all. We climbing those numbers. Well, this is the winter 2023 season discussion premiere as we do each and every anime season. But hey, you know, let's go ahead and get into some more details of what you can expect for today's show. We have our fall, <laughs> our fall, wait, 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 we, we are way, way, way outside of our fall. <laughs> we have our winter 2023 anime discussions for our A-side slate. And that starts out with season two of Surune. Hey, so if you, uh, if you're into archery or, you know, bow and arrow, anything like that, look, this anime is absolutely for you. And I got to say that artwork is wow, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Uh, we also have the ice guy and his cool female colleague, High Card, Tomo-chan is a girl, and season four of Bungo Stray Dogs, which... Very highly, highly anticipated. I, I honestly think that a lot of us probably didn't think we were going to get another season of Bungo Stray Dogs. I mean, uh, this is one of those premiere animes that really had gorgeous animation, the drawing, everything just was very, very top tier, very, very early in its cycle uh, when it was rolled out. So, I mean, I would say that it's not necessarily a surprise, but at the same time, I think because of the story, it's almost like, wait, wait, wait you telling me there's more to the story that we we didn't know? And the answer is yes. <laughs> there's a lot more to the story. It's kind of like, um, it's almost a prequel in a way. It's like a, they give you a prequel, but also kind of post what happens a little bit after uh, coming from season three. But it's been great so far. But uh, yeah, you know, in today's episode, we'll be discussing several topics such as Overcoming the friend zone. Oh, are you someone who has a crush, but they only see you as a friend? Like, man, you my homie. You know, you're my little brother sister. I can't, I can't see you more than that. Hey, don't worry. Your boy Jay has some tips that you know they may help. They may help you. Uh, then we also have the rich kid stereotype. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but in anime, there's usually that rich character and they all tend to act the same. Like they're very similar to me, you know, and and I just feel like that's something that we got to talk about because, you know, stereotypes, we all can understand that they're not the truth. But I will say that some stereotypes, they they exist because you do see it somewhat frequently. Right. So I don't think that we can avoid that. But we'll talk about this and much more in today's show. And hey, also for those that are watching us from my live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, I'll be showing you my Crunchyroll 2023 Anime Award nominee selections. Oh, it's a, it's a goodie. I, I, I might break some hearts out there, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. Right. We'll be discussing this and many, many more topics in today's episode. So, hey, let's go ahead and jump right on in. But first, let me get a shout out to my homie, <laughs> the queen, the princess, fam, fam in the chat. Hey, go crazy. Go, don't go stupid. 
<laughs> I appreciate you for showing up and showing out. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fem says uh, from Twitch, I'm always friend zoned. Oh, 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 okay. Well, we got some tips, so we're going to try to see if we can switch things up for you a bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. So we have our first anime for discussion, and that is... Season two of Surune, episode four, titled Broken Tempo. Dang, there's there's no there's no snare in my ear, my my headphones. <laughs> I can just hear him just saying that right now. That's what I what I think of instantly when I think about broken tempo or something. Uh, but yeah, after you know, in this episode, after their prefectural tournament win, the Kazemaki Kudo Club participates in a tournament competing against the rival team and some interesting newcomers and a heartbreaking loss to the coachless Sujimine High School. Kaito tells his teammates that he believes he's the reason why the team poorly performed. And although he does seem to be holding back some thoughts about his teammate Minato. So, you know, he right now he you know he's kind of shuttering himself, kind of you know thinking about like, dang, like I'm the one that messed up. But all of a sudden, you know that that peripheral vision, he's looking out the corner of his eye, and he's looking at that one teammate like, yeah, it was my fault, but it's really guys, you you a part of this. But he doesn't want to say anything about it. And that's crazy. So I you know it makes me think about telling your friends how you truly feel. I mean, are you someone that? you know, inexplicitly expresses yourself to your friends. I mean, I, I feel like most of us do, you know, we don't have, you know, especially if we know that we've built those very strong relationships and bonds, but sometimes those things can also be what makes it difficult is because you know how that person may react. And so instead of saying what you really feel, you hold back because you don't want this person to feel sad or get angry or whatever the case may be. So you may uh, take a little bit longer to kind of warm up and say, express exactly how you truly feel. And I, I mean, I, th I think that if you're going to share, you know, your feelings with your friends, you, you have to, you know that, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well say it all, say it loud and proud, whatever's on your heart, whatever you're truly feeling, because um, to me, that's what friends are for. You know, if you really have built a, a, a true friendship, then, you know, neither one of the parties should be um, disappointed if, if you telling your truth and y'all have the conversation. And, you know, sometimes you may agree to disagree, but I feel that, you know, if you're someone that's a truly a friend, you call yourself a friend, you know, holding back, you know, uh, your, your true thoughts you know, it could end up being an issue later on in the future. And I'm sure that y'all have seen this plenty, plenty of times before where, you know, uh, friend A knows something that happened and doesn't tell friend B. And then six months later, friend B finds out and now they get into, uh, you know, a, an argument with each other and fall out and no longer are friends. And those things can happen sometimes. So, you know, keep it 100. Like, be straight up with your peoples. And I think that everything will tend to work its way out. But I will also say this, too, that 
sometimes it's just not meant to be. Sometimes that you do tell your friends the truth and that might be a deal breaker for you or the other person. And if it is, and y'all can't seem to kind of come, you know, form back together and stay, remain friends and strengthen y'all bond, then it may be that time in your lives where y'all go into different directions. And, you know, not everybody's meant to be in your book of life, you know, for every single chapter, you know, and uh, as unfortunate as that is, because, you know, we all have probably had friends that we grew up with. And I say for most of us, a lot of those friends aren't there anymore, you know, and we've met new people along the way that kind of um, truly fit, you know, truly fit whatever we're going through. And uh, fit sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy, but yeah, I know you all know, understand what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's more so of, um, y'all have a true friendship in that moment and y'all are continuing going through the course of your life. And, you know, hopefully y'all able to remain friends, but yeah, you know, telling your friends the truth, you got to do it. I really feel like it's something that's very important, but I also can understand there's moments where, um, you know, they say that there's a time and a place for everything, right? And so that's not necessarily that you have to tell them the truth right then in that moment, because let's let's say that you're in front of a whole bunch of people in a public setting, then yeah, that's probably not a good idea for you to show, you know, share information right there in front of, you know, other people that probably don't need to be involved in the situation, right? Um, you know, so yeah, you know, you gotta take everything uh I shouldn't say with a grain of salt, but more so you got to consider uh, all the different variables. And, you know, if you know your friends, then you generally will know like where, when and where you can say and do things, you know? Okay. Moving on to our next, oh, hold on. We have a uh, film says mm -hmm, chain reactions. Yeah, no, that's, that's facts. Like, you know, I, I really do believe in kind of like the butterfly effect where, you know what the decisions that you make they in they they pretty much can affect other people around you whether it's yourself your family your friends um it could be an extension of your city uh you know maybe even to a greater extent the country or something like that i mean it, all of it is kind of a snowball effect to some degree so you know you got to be careful about the things that you say um you know, I, and we all have that friend that is kind of like, um, whatever comes in there, pops up in their head, they just shoot it out. You know, they can't hold back. They don't think about the consequences or anything, you know, repercussions, anything what they say, that's how they feel. And they're going to say it. But I, I mean, for me, and I feel like I, I'm not going to say I was necessarily that person growing up, but I was very blunt very, very blunt and straightforward. And if you got your feelings hurt, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I, you know, well, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm truly, I'm not sorry, but you know, you feel it like that. That's, that's too bad. That's, that's your fault. And, you know, and that's how I was, I was kind of cold like that. But as time went on and I did experience a little bit more in life, I started to realize that, you know what, Jay, you don't have to be that cold, you know, you can find ways to still get that point across, but come across a little bit more uh, neutral or friendly or um, nice about the situation. 
And so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it might not be how you probably in your head, like how what you really want to say, but in the end, you know, I think other people will appreciate that about you. But then, you know, there's some people that's like, look, you can say, I don't care. Just tell me exactly how you feel and it's okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, living, uh, making enough friends enough, I just found that, you know, it's easier for me to just treat everybody with respect, with dignity, and, you know, be be more cautious of how, and, and the, with the tone of how I say things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well. <laughs> uh, film says, uh, you get flies with this shit. <laughs> hey, hey, Phil says, I'm letting it rip. Hey, anybody can get it. <laughs> but, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague. Now, doesn't that sound reminiscent, chat? <laughs> My cool female colleague. <laughs> I mean, we're more than that. We're more than that. We're more than that. So, but yeah, episode four titled A Day Off Date in a Shared Game. Now, in this episode, Himido and Futsusuki, which I'm sure that I brutalized that name. My bad. <laughs> well, they're co-workers who decide during their time off to, you know, watch a movie together. You're like, hey, you know, I'm off this day. You're off this day. Why don't we go to a movie? We're both interested in seeing the same show. So let's check it out together. We already like each other's company. So why not? Let's do it. And they're like, yeah, let's let's go. So they go to the theaters to catch this film. And by random chance, some of their co-workers happened to see them and began to discuss amongst their other work peers at a dinner um, what they saw. Like, oh, dang, like, did y'all, guess what? We went to the movies and by chance we saw uh, Himido and Futsuki there and they were together. Like, they were a couple, an idol. And so now they're all gossiping, like, oh, like, they must be getting close and uh, really liking each other and stuff. And so... Now this whole gossip storm starts. And yeah, you guessed it. That's what we're talking about is how gossip starts at work. And this is a prime example of it. You know, you you end up um, having coworkers that see you and another coworker uh, at a, a, a public setting or, you know, it, it might even be in a public setting. It could be more of a private, low-key setting. And there you go. Now the gossip starts and says, oh, I seen such and such at this place and they were wearing this and oh girl, did you see? Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. That's how it begins. Um, and, and sometimes it's not so much um, where they saw you. Sometimes it could literally happen within the workplace where the gossip is really about your performance of, oh, you know, um, you know, I seen Jay, you know, when he comes to work or whatnot, you know, he's mad late. Um, true story. <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're, watching, you're probably, you're listening, if you're watching the pod right now, then yeah, you you, you know how, you know, this is a uh, big facts. <laughs> well, you know, Jay, he comes in here and he's mad late or whatnot. And, um, you know, we, we, 
we come here on time. Why is it that he never gets in trouble for whatever he's doing? And so now you have this whole conversation that start in circle surrounding, you know, your performance. And then that can either form a whole nother conversation in itself to where it was Jay being late to work. And now the, the conversation becomes, well, Jay doesn't do any work at all. And it's like, dang, like, how do we, how do we get from this, you know, this to this? And, and that happens. And I'm sure y'all have seen um, those room tests where they'll have maybe five people in the same room. And the first person, they say, hey, I'm going to tell you this story and I want you to relay this information to the next person in line. So they go to person number two, they share the story that they they were told and they just, you know, it keeps going to the third person, to the fourth person and to the fifth person. Now, by the time that story reaches the fifth person, it sounds com like nothing like the story that was told in the very beginning at all. It's very bare bones. They done added a whole bunch of different things that were not discussed in a part of the story. And yeah, that's that's usually how a lot of gossip takes shape. You know, it it becomes one thing and transforms into something completely different. And you know, I, I can I can honestly say that I'm really not a gossip head at all. I, I drama, I don't, I can't deal with it. I I, you know, I I definitely run away from any scenarios that become dramatic because I just don't want to be involved. And so as soon as I literally, like, as soon as I start hearing gossip, I turn and I go into a completely different direction and I, it's almost like I block it out. But there's, there's sometimes where the gossip is literally unavoidable because your desk or, you know, maybe you're, you are really close to the students or whatever scenario that you're in, you can't really escape it because you're in that scenario. And so you have to listen to it. Now for me, I'm not going to share any information about it at all. You know, look, it's been said, but you'll never hear me repeating this to anybody else. Not even my closest co-workers. And it's so funny sometimes because you may end up hearing, um, you may end up hearing that gossip story again from one of your co-workers that that's your friends. And you knew about it this whole time, but you're completely mum about it. Like, Oh word. That's what happened. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying that you entertain that type of, you know, stuff, but it happens. <laughs> Uh, Briss says, oh, you know, you want to get these promotions for your channel and all that? Yeah, I want all that. Bring all that stuff to me for free. I don't want to click no websites, no nothing. <laughs> all right, but hey, if you have had experience with people at your job or, you know, it doesn't even have to be at work. If it's at school or whatnot, uh, you know, let us know how that gossip started for you in the comments. We'd like to hear your stories for sure. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the next anime for discussion. And that is High Card Episode 3 titled Crazy Rich. Now, you know, y'all know I love this title. <laughs> a bag about a bag about a bag. Hey, can I can I get mine? <laughs> But in this episode, Finn is per, uh, pursuing, or I should say pursuing, but rather perusing 
through the neighborhood um, where he witnesses a young man being kidnapped. Now, I got to say, I, I don't really like I, I will probably react so crazy if I witness a kidnapping right in front of my face because I'm lo- I'm no I'm likely going to be yelling on the phone, punching in 911, running after the person, you know, get in my car. I like I literally envision in my head if something like that would happen where I'm, I'm yelling, I, if I'm right by my car, I get in my car, I'm driving like well over the speed limit and I crash into them on the driver's side just to like get them to stop. But look at that, Jay trying to be the hero. <laughs> but yeah, so he, you know, he witnesses the young man being kidnapped and in an instance, Finn pursues the kidnappers in an attempt to save the young man's life. So, you know, he's, he, he already did those J uh, actions. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he was able to do it successfully. He was able to stop the, the kidnappers and save the young man's life. So uh, then, you know, after he kind of had this young man together and, you know, realized that he wasn't shaken up, he realized that the young man was very wealthy, you know, wealthy young kid. To which he started making a lot of assumptions about his life. So he's like, oh, you know, I'm looking at you and the way that you're dressed. And, you know, you probably have never been, you know, on a subway before. Or, you know, you know you're know, you loaded with money. You know, you're one of those, um, what do they call them? Uh, charity? Uh, not charity kids. Uh, see, I already forget the word. <laughs> But he's making him say that he's a silver spoon kid, you know, and he's throwing all these different assumptions out at him. And so, yeah, I, I want to talk about the rich kid stereotype, you know, and, and, y'all, and y'all probably have seen some of this before, too, you know, from other people. Now, uh, unfortunately for me, you know, I can't say that uh, I've had experience as the rich kid, <laughs> I really wish I did. I wish I was the rich kid in this scenario. Like stereotype me all you want. I'm I'm good with this. Like I, you know, I, I I just want the I want the money, the long money, right? Uh but yeah, I mean I but also I I've never had a very, very rich friend before. You know, I I'd say maybe um doing what like well off, you know, maybe the family was making let's say 200 k a year or something like that. But majority of my friends is usually uh, at the poverty line. <laughs> poverty, you know, like low and very low income and maybe up to mid, um, yeah, mid, mid-tier income, you know. Uh, so I think the first thing I think about when it comes down to the rich kid stereotype is the way that they dress. Like all of them have this very, uh, you know, high fashion, you know, high designer look to themselves. You know, for those that are watching the stream, you know, you'll see uh, our young man that is uh, apparently very wealthy. You know, he has the the tie and the suit. I mean, he looks very spiffy, you know, looks looks really, really nice. And so I think that that's something you see with the rich kids is that, oh, all of them dress you know, with, uh, and they look like money. They dress and they look like money. And I, I don't think that that's very true in a lot of circumstances. You know, when you think about someone that's wealthy, like Bill Gates, for example, or even if you were to pivot to someone like, um, who's the owner of Facebook? I forget his name. Uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. 
the, the way that those two dress, you know, of course they're many years apart, but they they don't dress very uh, high fashion. They don't dress like they don't spend a lot of money on their gear. It appears, you know, it's usually like a polo type t shirt, you know, button up, some khakis, and that's it. That's a day, you know. That's that's all that they have. And I feel like a lot of families that are very wealthy dress like this. Now, of course, you know, on occasions if they're going out to maybe some unique event, you know, they probably dress up a lot more fashionable, but. Uh, I think your day to day, I don't, I don't really think that that's the case. Where a lot now, I will say this though: if a family is maybe um, their background is more so like from a fashion designer stance, where maybe they were modeling or something like that, then I can see them dressing in high fashion stuff all the time. And that to me, that's what I see a lot. If I'm going to make a stereotype, then I'll say that that's what I often see is people that are models or parents of models or whatnot, they tend to dress, uh, you know, uh, very, very, um, you know, modern style or just high fashion because of that, you know, and look, you know, when, you, when you're born into the drip, you know, you just, you have to, you have to continue to keep that going, you know? Uh, what else about a rich kid stereotype do y'all think uh, could, could happen? I'd say um, that they're spoiled, you know, that, you know, rich kids are always spoiled. They get everything that they want. And I remember watching not too long ago, an interview with, um, uh, basketball player Carmelo Anthony's ex-wife Lala and her son, who's uh you know a, a young and up and coming basketball player, uh in the uh the, I say like the high school or middle school circuit. Like I know he's very young. I can't remember what where he's at, where he falls at within sports. But uh, she talked about how you know he doesn't get everything that he wants. You know he has to work hard for the things that you know, he, he needs and, and that he desires. And sometimes that's something that's embedded in the kids. It's like, Hey, we have to teach you the value of money, because if not, you're going to think that everything that you get is yours and you can, you know, and there's no, um, there's no limitation to it that could end up becoming a big issue later on in their life. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, of course, they come from a different background and, you know, where their families were probably not well off. And this they're probably the first generation of being wealthy. But still, you know, it, it shows you that there is uh, there are some people out there that they don't feel like their kid gets everything and they do teach them different values. Right. OK. All right. Well, let's move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is, all right, Tomo-chan is a girl, episode four, titled The Reason for Her Smile. Oh, look at that. Just like you, oh, the reason for her smile. She's so pretty when she smiles like that. <laughs> well, in this episode, Carol invites Miss Suzu to the rooftop of their school during lunch, which Y'all know this is kind of a, a typical thing where they have lunch on the roof. And which is so random because I don't remember at any point while I was in Japan 
10 students like eating on the roof. And but but I will say this in anime, it's usually only like two to four people that are up there, right? So it's a very kind of low key, you know, type of thing to happen. So maybe that's why I wasn't in the in crowd. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, she, they're on top of this rooftop, and during lunch, uh, she asks uh, Mizuzu uh, for advice, and Mizuzu is like okay, so, you know, I'm up here on the roof with you. What did you want? And Carol's like, hey, just wait a couple moments and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. And so moments later, Carol and Misuzu, Misuzu are greeted by Masaki, a handsome, blonde-haired student who Carol wants to treat you know, her more like a love interest and not a friend or a little sister with the help of Misuzu. And so, you know, for those that are watching the stream, you can see uh, Misaki is patting Carol on the head like a little sister, you know, like get a, get a head pat and like it's a, it very much is giving friend zone, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, discussion is overcoming the friend zone. I mean, that's literally what uh, Carol is trying to do with Misuzu's help is, you know, trying to get misaki to see her more of a love interest and not someone that's a friend or a little sister so what can you do to get out of that friend zone and so fem you know she's on uh in a chat for twitch and she says see the friend zone is my spot <laughs> i was gonna say is that even okay <laughs> yeah is it i i don't know you know i, I mean as far as i'm aware what in japan um it's like the students have a lot of reign to kind of i'm not saying they get to do everything that they want to do but because they're expected to act a certain way if they're on the rooftops or if they're in you know uh in the front of the building um even if they decide to like leave the campus the teachers don't really have a problem with it you know there's there's really no issue as long as you know ever you know there's no trouble being caused and everybody is able to kind of get back to class uh without ca causing any disruptions and it's pretty much fine you know and i mean that's been my experience of what i've been able to see and uh it's very like i don't know it's kind of shocking to be honest to see like how certain groups click up and do certain things. I mean, you'll see that, you know, if you're on, um, if you're on the Western side of things, especially in the States. Um, but uh, it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's a culture shock. It's, it's different. It's definitely a bit different, but, but yeah, overcoming the friend zone, you know, what is the first thing you can do to get past this? Well, I, and I take this from uh, a close friend of mine. I, I I think that she was very on point when she shared this in her own stream where she talked about you have to kind of make it um, known to the person that you like that you don't want to be just in a friend zone. And you kind of have to establish that in the beginning of your relationship, because if you don't, you're going to kind of be treated in that friend zone for majority of the time. And that's kind of, you know, it, it's, I know it's, it's, that's easier said than done, but just imagine, you know, just think about this. If you're someone that has openly treated someone that you like as a friend, 
and they feel and you've had conversations and you said, oh, they're more like a little sister or a little brother to me, then that person, that's that's probably how they're going to reciprocate and feel like, oh, that's my big brother. That's my big sister. And so now you build this dynamic where they have they they have this certain vision. They have this certain outlook about you. And now it's hard for them to kind of remove you out of that box of me seeing them other than a little sister, a little brother or big brother, big sister, right? So you kind of have to break the ice of that. And I would say the quicker that you do that, the better that you'll have an outcome of getting out of the friend zone, right? Um, I say the second thing that you can do to try to overcome the friend zone is um, learn the things that the person really likes. And when you when you're learning the things that a person really likes, and it's not that you're faking, you know, maybe you know you're trying to align the things that you enjoy that that person enjoys, and you know try to share that commonality together. And what could end up happening is that person it starts to realize like, dang, she likes the same things that I like, or he likes the same things that I like. Like maybe we should like hang out and start doing some more of this stuff together and and see where it goes. And boom, there you go. Like now this person is starting to take more of a fancy towards you because y'all have some similar things that you like. And that can go a long way. You know, I can tell you right now, I don't think that there's any way I could date somebody that does not like anime. I don't. <laughs> A big shocker there, right? Like, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think that I could, I could do it. And that would be so hard because imagine, and I mean, I, I say that now, but maybe, maybe it's not that crazy because I think when I think back to some of my exes, none of them were really into anime like that, but I could, but I can honestly say that even at that time, I might've not been like as big as an anime um, watcher then as well. So, you know, things might be a little bit different now, but I still would like to think that that's a no-go for me. <laughs> like, like, no, I want us to spend time cuddling together and watching some romance anime and crying our eyes out and holding each other. <laughs> like, that's, that's the type of time I'm on, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, so those are a couple tips that you can do uh, to overcome the friend zone. And then, of course, there's a lot more that could be. And I might do a part two about this. I know I've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past. And so this is probably going to be kind of a, a recurring conversation that we'll have. Um, but, yeah, you know, those are a couple tips that I can offer. And, you know, it's not to say that they are 100% going to work, but I can definitely tell you that you have a good chance if you implement those tips in your life. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next anime for discussion. And that is. Season four of Bungo Stray Dogs, episode 41, titled A Perfect Murder and a Murderer. Part one. <laughs> So in this episode, Rampo and Poe, which oddly enough, his name is Edgar Allan Poe, which I, I don't know why, but I, I'm, I really am see, starting to see um, 
a I'm not gonna say it's a consistent thing, but a lot of media, uh, whether it been shows on streaming platforms like Netflix or an anime, like Edgar Allan Poe seems to be a very popular themed character that is shown a lot in in these these shows. So interesting, but uh, but yeah, so Rampo and Poe are working together to try to solve a crime where a man was thrown off from what seems like the Tokyo Tower. So uh, if any of y'all have seen Tokyo Tower, uh, I would definitely tell you to Google it. You know, it's this huge, huge tower that goes very, very high in in the air. And a lot of people go there as a um, tourist attraction, which I I think I've been on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been on on Tokyo Tower and I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if you know me you know that i'm like definitely afraid of heights i don't like being really high up in the air especially if i can like peer over and see things at the bottom like no i i'm big scaredy cat power when it comes down to that but but yeah so they they they're uh they see a man get thrown off what seems to be the tokyo tower which is also a very highly populated area and Rampo tries to use his deductive ability to gain a lead on the perpetrator, but does not realize that the criminal that he's after's name, who is Oguri, has the ability called the perfect crime. And with this ability, he can remove all evidence from a crime that leads to him being completely unfound. So Rampo has, you know, it seems like he's met his match against this Oguri guy. And so uh, Rampo decides, you know what? I'm going to give up. You know, I can't find any clues about this case. I'm not going to wreck my head around this. I'm just going to leave and go relax, go chill out. So as he's leaving, he randomly walks into the culprit, Oguri, (laughs) where he asks him like, hey, you know, I, I like to catch a ride with you to my destination. And I, for me, I'm just like, now, Ram, if you know this anime, Rampo is your like straight up comic relief character. But he's also because he's so intelligent. I don't know. I just feel like he's such a captivating character. And I, I absolutely love him and his voice actor a lot. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, as you see, for those that are watching the live stream, uh, there's a car that's there that's about to pick up uh, Ogodi in uh, which Rampo is kind of hoping that he can catch a ride with. And that makes me think about the problem I have with ride sharing. Now, of course, you know, y'all know there's all types of different apps out there like Uber and Lyft and stuff like that. They're all pretty much like ride sharing platforms and they, but they all, they all do, do different functions too, where they deliver food and, uh, you can do like car rentals and stuff like that, but I'm I'm talking more specifically about you know ride sharing, like catching a ride with somebody in their vehicle and then going off to have them deliver you at a certain location. And you know this might hurt a couple feelings out there, but hey, I gotta speak my truth about this. I, I really have uh, an issue with this, and the first thing would be. You don't know these people. <laughs> like, you don't know these people at all. Like, from a, you know, y'all have no history. And you could say the same, like, okay, if I was to 
order a taxi. Yes, I don't know who this taxi driver is, right? But here's the thing. Here's the difference to me between a taxi driver and someone that works for, you know, a ride sharing service. A ride sharing service, the person could literally start like a week ago, two days ago, 24 hours ago, and you're taking a ride with this complete stranger and you have no idea what their motive is. Whereas when you have something like a taxi cab service, I'm not saying all of them, but a good majority of them usually have been working for that company for some years, some months. You know, they, they put some significant time in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know we're looking at kind of like the death of taxi service because of these platforms, but I really like the fact that, okay, these people are vetted out. Um, they've been with the company for a long period of time. And I don't feel like I worry as much. You know, I really don't. Hey, hey, we have Nap in the building. Hey, what's up? Hey, that's the homie for real, for real. Nap says, I finally made it to one of your streams. Hey, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm streaming really, really late. <laughs> I usually try to stream like way much earlier, like around, um, I say like eight Eastern time, but I just have so much going on right now that it's literally impossible for me to do it this soon. So hopefully within the next week or two, like I might be able to get, you know, the show started a lot earlier, but Hey, you know, we, we move, we move. <laughs> now says, Oh, I'm a night out too. Yeah. You know, same, like absolutely the same. Matter of fact, if you ask um, some people that know me very, very closely, they'll tell you, I sleep very much throughout the day <laughs> and I've become a zombie or vampire at night and they're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that's one of my problems that I have when it comes down to ride sharing is look, look, man, I don't know you, you know, ma'am, sir. I, I, I just don't, I don't know you at all, you know, from a can of paint and that's the problem. I'm, I'm I'm coming into this vehicle with strangers and I'm sure that y'all have seen the stories on, you know, social or in the news where a person was robbed or, you know, held at gunpoint and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that does not happen with taxi cabs, but it's just, it feels like such a rarity in comparison. And I, I think the reason why that is, is because the population is much smaller. And and I can see like the modern like issue with that is look, I'm not trying to wait, you know, 30 minutes for a taxi cab to get here. Or even if I um even if I were to schedule a taxi, like there's a chance that I still might be late because they show up 15 minutes later, or whatever. Whereas someone that's doing one of those ride-sharing services. They might not be that far from me going to the same location and it's able to take me there, no problem. And it might be a little cheaper too, because I ain't gonna lie. In the taxi, oh yeah, they're gonna tax you. <laughs> they're going to tax you. They you are going to pay. Oh, don't, oh, you wanna you try to ride to the airport? Oh, don't be 30 minutes or more outside. Oh, that's your ass. <laughs> they gonna get, they gonna make sure that they get their money's worth. And sometimes, you know, I, I look over the seat and I'm trying to see like, okay, are they about to like, like reset the clock and reset the clock so they can charge me some more? Like, you know, you just, you just don't know, you know, sometimes people be getting over. So you gotta, you gotta be vigilant. You gotta be 
careful in observance. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if there if there's any um, problems that y'all might see with Rideshare, or maybe y'all are someone that y'all say, hey, I actually like those services, you know, give me some reasons in the chat uh, or comment section. Let me know what you like about them. You know, I, I or either, you know, it's, it's cool. Like I, I promise I, I won't be mad. I won't be upset. Um, but we, I'm not sharing a ride with you. We're not, we're not, no, we're not going together. I'm gonna rent a car. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and spend the extra money. I'm gonna rent a car and I'm gonna be your driver for the day. How about that? <laughs> hey, if you are a new listener or watcher of our live stream content, I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Hey, and this is an anime podcast here to bring you some of the dope discussions related to your favorite anime shows of this season. Um, We're on episode number 37. We have to bring you our winter 2023 seeding, the seeding <laughs> season discussion premiere. Hey, we, we got anime. We got anime to talk about and discuss. So in our B-side segment, we have Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, which is a very hilarious comedy and romance in a little way. Uh, the Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. I know a lot of us are like, man, can I, can I get one of those? <laughs> Do they come in vending machines, please? <laughs> Uh, then we have Nera Automata version 1, 1A, Spy Classroom, which can very be very, very close to say Spy Family, which we talked about last season. And we also have season two of Tokyo Revengers. So, hey, uh, Femme on Twitch, she says, what kind of snackies you get? So can you hear this? We'll give you a little of a ASMR. Please. Buttercrackers and um, not gonna be able to hear this though. Maybe you can hear this, kind of. Um, jalapeno hummus, which I absolutely love. I love hummus, I get them in all kinds of flavors Mediterranean. What is that? Hummus? Wait, you don't know what hummus is? Oh my goodness, no, 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 no. We okay, we are going to have conversations after this film we're gonna <laughs> oh you do okay cool 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 and thank you Naf. i appreciate you for the welcome back yeah I'm, I'm i'm here i'm here okay so yeah in today's aside b discussion we are going to talk about several topics such as how your younger siblings are secret weapons now in moments i'll explain how you can use their powers for evil. <laughs> we'll also discuss when machines start thinking about reproducing. Like, what? <laughs> now, look, when that happens, I know what I'm going to do. I don't know what y'all, what y'all going to do, but I know what I'm going to do when these machines start thinking about making babies. <laughs> uh, also, we will be watching from my live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. I'll be showing you my Crunchyroll 2023 Anime Award nominee selections. And it's quite a lot. You know, there are 20, about 24 categories in total. So it's probably about a, 
40 minute segment there. You know, y'all gonna kind of watch me go through my selections and kind of name them all off. So, hey, we'll be discussing this and many, many more topics in today's episode. So, hey, let's go ahead and jump right on in. <laughs> Nav says, well, buddy, what? <laughs> Yes, machines reproducing. Yeah, we yeah, we're going to we're going to have to talk about that cuz it's interesting. <laughs> All right, so for our first anime for discussion on our B-side slate and that is Kubo won't let me be invisible, episode 3, titled The Nobody's Gift. Dang, I ain't gonna lie, that sounds lonely as hell. Like the nobody's gift. Like, I don't know. I really don't want that. You're really trying to make me feel very sad. I'm sorry. Keep that to yourself, partner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in this episode, Kubo happens to be passing by in the neighborhood and spots Shirashi at the park where she meets his little brother for the first time. So Shirashi's brother, you know, happens to see Kubo. And, you know, Kubo, she's holding this hot cocoa bottle in her hand. And he's kind of pestering her, like, you know, can I have some, please? Like, can I can I have some? So Kubo, she looks at uh, Shidashi and says, hey, like, is it okay for him to have this hot cocoa? And he's, you know, kind of gives the head nod, like, yeah, you know, he can have it. You know, he's, he's in this stage right now as a toddler where he wants to share and, you know, and ask for everything. So... He gives her, uh, gives his little brother the bottle of hot cocoa. He sips it and she's like, uh, Oishi? He's like, he's like, Oishi, yummy. <laughs> it's like the sweetest thing ever. I'm just like, oh, like that's such a, a sweet, sweet moment. But then he goes to Kubo and asks her, like, do you want some too? And she says, uh, you know, she kind of like, should I drink this from this, this little boy? And should I, she's like, yeah, go ahead and have some. And then she, after she takes a sip, he takes his little brother takes the bottle, gives it to Sadashi, and says, "Hey, like Junta, you should take some, take a sip too. It's good." And he, he's kind of like, "Oh my god, like this is gonna be an indirect kiss moment." And y'all, y'all know how it is in in anime, like the whole indirect kiss. Like, look, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. If I'm thirsty, if I'm hungry, look. I'm having that bite of that burger that you just bit out of or whatever the case. Now, I'm going to say this, though, too. Let me, let me rewind a little bit. It ain't everybody's mouth that can be on that. <laughs> let me make that very, very clear is you can't eat from everybody. That's just that's a no go. There's some people that you have to be extra careful with because they be eating butt and all type of stuff literally moments before they come and meet you. So you got to know, you got to know your people very wisely, which, you know, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with eating, but cause you know, that's, if that's your thing, you know, then and do it. You know, I'm, I'm not mad at you, but, um, we also know that there are some people that, uh, very nasty, very nasty. So you got to be selective with that. <laughs> hey, I'm not, Hey, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I, I Kind of like that, you know. I'm, I'm not not trying to share all my secrets with y'all, but you know, I, I make sure that I clean up after myself. That's all. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Phil, no, don't judge me, Phil. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it makes me ask the question, or rather, talk to y'all about younger siblings being secret weapons. And have you seen here in this episode, Shidashi? 
doesn't realize this, but how cute and innocent his little brother is, is just a heartwarming thing for Kubo. And he doesn't realize that he is using a secret weapon against her. Because if you ask me, no, no person can deny, well, I take it back. Because there's some people that be throwing kids. I done seen a video just recently where a kid is fighting a teacher and all that. I mean, so not every, not everybody gets a pass for this. But I'll say for the most part, right? <laughs> Jay, please. <laughs> but for the most part, it's true. You know, little kids, younger siblings or whatnot, they have this heart uh, warming, melting part where if they see somebody older, you know, they just automatically kind of go into this, oh, he's so cute. Like, you know, they want to pinch on the cheeks. They want to hold them. And, you know, quick story time that I'll give y'all. Um, so there was a girl that I really, really liked. And I was trying to find, figure out like, okay, how can I have a conversation with her without feeling too awkward? I don't want to make it too, too awkward. So I thought about it. I was like, oh, okay. She normally is a, like in this area around this time, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my younger brother, who my younger brother, complete heartthrob. <laughs> I mean, you know, when he was little, when he was a kid, I mean, he was just the cutest little kid ever. You know, he had these uh, hazel gray bluish eyes. Like, I don't know. It was just like a crazy mix, you know, and uh, very curly hair. And so I was like, okay, yes, I'm taking my little brother with me and I'm going to, like bypass her and I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to start to try to strike a conversation with her and introduce her to my younger brother. And literally, as soon as I came up to her, she's like, Oh my God, Jay, is that your little brother? I was like, yeah, that's my little brother, Chris, you know, I say, you know, hope, say hi to him or whatever. So, you know, she's playing with him or whatever. And we're starting talking about school and boom, Look at that. Look at your boy. Your boy is already, he's in good graces. Now all I have to do is finish the job. <laughs> finish the job. And yeah, we started dating probably uh, a couple of weeks after that. You know, we got to know, I already knew her somewhat, but we got to know each other a little bit more. And it was cool. Like, you know, we had the relationship lasted for a little while and it was nice. So yeah, your younger siblings, definitely you got to weaponize them. Yeah. Yeah, good, good job, Chris. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny because even my younger brother today, like he is, um, he still is that wingman, I guess you could say. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. He's not so much of a wingman these days, but uh, because, you know, he's so handsome, you know, it's, it's almost like he walks into a building and then there you go. You know, he got numbers galore in his phone or whatnot. I'm not jealous though. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> why, why are you looking at me like that? You know? <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And y'all, please don't uh, pin me against my brother. <laughs> I don't want to have to beat him up again. I love you, bro, if you're listening. <laughs> All right. We have. The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten, episode four, titled The Angel in the Christmas. Now, I'll be honest, this title makes absolutely no sense to me. The Angel in the Christmas. I don't get it, but 
hey, that's what they titled it. We're going to run with it. And so in this episode, Fujimiya and Sheena agreed to spend Christmas Day together playing video games in Fujimiya's room. Uh, so this was she, uh, Sheena's first time ever playing video games, which that's kind of crazy. Like to get to high school and you never play video games at all, not even one time. That sounds like an ultra sad life to live. I'm not going to, you know, I, if if someone out there has experienced something like this, please share your story with me. I would love to hear the what why you took so long to play video games because I feel like that's unavoidable now. You know, in 2023, the idea that you never played the video games, I don't know if I can trust you. Like, I don't know. I got some, I would have some trust issues with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, they're enjoying their moment together while she's playing video games. And uh, Fujimiya starts laughing at Sheena uh, because, you know, as she's playing games, she's kind of like turning, you know, when you're playing race racing games and let's say you have to turn left she moves her whole body to the left or moves her whole body to the right and he just thinks that this hilarious and so uh sheena starts getting upset with fujimiya like hey like stop laughing at me that's mean he's like no i'm not laughing at you because i'm like making a joke about you i just think that it's really cute that you play like that and so yeah playing video games with your crush you know have you played video games with your crush now, when I, I'm talking about your crush, like before y'all become an actual couple, and I find that this might be, it might be a little bit more um, common today, but I would say definitely like if you go maybe 10 years ago, playing video games with your crush might not have been that easy to do because usually you... I'm not saying you hide those things per se, but you find other things to do that you both might like. So, okay, we go see a movie together or um, maybe we go to Top Golf or something like that. Now, I'm not saying those are the places you should go date. <laughs> those are kind of common. I don't know, I'm like, let me just put this out there. Whenever I date, I try to do very unique stuff, but you also have to know the person as well. Like if that person um, is not someone that seems to like a lot of off the wall, random type of things, then probably not a good idea for you to do that. You know, maybe stick to something that's a little bit more common and that they've done before. But if you're with someone that likes, you know, more spontaneous things, then, you know, that might be a pretty good thing. You know, it might be all right. But uh, now she's on Twitch. She says, if a girl took me golfing, I'd call it quits. <laughs> see that's what i'm saying like no that's that's real talk it's like because it, it it feels very um repetitive i guess that might be the word for it like oh you've done this before uh, you know like i like you're not trying to make me feel special at all like that's the way i would look at it right like like this is really what you're trying to do like this is how you're trying to court me this is how you're trying to show that you really like me so yeah, I feel you nap on that. Not you know, definitely don't do. But uh, you know, but there's some. I'm not gonna lie. There are some people out there that's like, look, just give me like the 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 commonplace that other people go to that I know that I'm safe at. That there'll be people in the public because just in case you are a weirdo and I have to get out of the situation. So it depends. Very much depends. But 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the games that you play with your crush, that to me, that's that's um <laughs> that's something you're gonna really have to consider. Like, cause for example, I love playing fighting games. Absolutely love them. And I'm I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm great, like a professional level. Maybe I, I probably could give somebody to run on a semi-professional level. Um, but good enough. And so me imagining myself playing my crush in fighting games and knowing that I'm not going to have any mercy whatsoever. I'm, I'm slaying you. I'm sorry. I, I don't care. You're going to pick up this controller. You're going to press buttons and I'm going to beat you down. That's it. That's there. No, there are no easy W's on this side. Now me knowing that, right? I know that, right? <laughs> I'm not going to even begin to try to get my crush to play fighting games with me because I know that's how I'm going to react. So, you know, we're going to play something a little bit more free. Let's play uh, like Mario or um, a, a racing game will be kind of cool because you can kind of like bump each other's shoulders and kind of, you know, be playful, or whatever. So that that will be fine. But yeah, you got to be you got to be kind of choosy on the type of games that you pick, you know, or or maybe even a scary game. You know, if you're playing um like a Resident Evil, or maybe not. Like I'm just saying, a horror type of game. It doesn't have to be Resident Evil specifically. Uh, that could be all right because now, like you know, you let them play, give them the controller, and say, hey, like they can hold your hand or arm or something if they get scared, or give you the controller when they get scared. That could be somewhat of an intimate moment, right? Uh, Nav says, that's actually how I found out my wife is a sore loser. <laughs> We were what five years into our relationship and played Smash, and I went all in. Damn, that says, "Look, I I show no remorse at all." And look at us, five years later, we're still together. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. But I gotta say, now rare victory. You got a rare victory. I, I, you gotta cherish that dub because there's a lot of fallen soldiers out there. They ain't got that same story. <laughs> Their story is, I still play Smash Brothers. I go to tournaments and I'm single. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I heard some some people's feelings out there. My bad. I'm, my, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, film says, y'all still finna hate each other after though. <laughs> uh, oh, we're talking about Mario Kart. Yeah, he said, we finna play Mario Kart. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. That is actually a game too that is very, very competitive. And because I would say because it's common, like a lot of people know of Mario Kart. So it, even if you never played it, you have kind of an idea of what the game is about. So, you know, give it a couple, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. Oh yeah, we playing grit you know gritting our teeth and everything lights out uh naf says oh well we're almost it's almost 15 years now we just don't play smash anymore <laughs> hey look hey, hey that's the compromise you know you 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 understand each other's quirks and things that work and don't work and uh you know how they say happy happy wife happy life Something like that. Hey, I I feel you. I feel you nap on that. That's that's good. That's good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, so on video games, that that's what I would say when you're dealing with your crush. Just be mindful of what you're playing because you know you might end up in the charity case, 
and still single and you know but hey it's not it's not all bad being single i mean look at your boy jay i'm good i'm i'm gucci i'm all right i'm okay i'm i'm all right i'm i'm fine <laughs> no i'm good i'm extra good i promise i promise i promise trust, trust me I'm, I'm all right i'm all right all right well, let's move on to our next anime for discussion, and that is Nair Automata, Bear One, Dot One A, Episode Three, titled Break Time. Which I'm not gonna lie, if there were times that I loved, Break Times definitely one of them. Up there with Lunchtime. Nap time, sleep time, <laughs> off work time. I mean, look, just give me all the time. I want it. I want it all. But yeah, in this episode of Nair Automata, 2B and 9S end up falling into this underground tavern where they see several robot machines that are trying to imitate acts of romantic couples. Now, look, for those that are watching the live stream, Look at this curse pick. <laughs> Look at this curse pick. This is crazy. And when I saw this, I had to do a triple take. Like, wait, what? What? What is going on around here? They out here. Look, they out here bumping and grinding and just getting it on. I, look, you better oil that thing up. Look, you better back that thing up and oil that thing up. <laughs> it's something seriously wrong with me, y'all. <laughs> Sorry. Um, film says, nah, I definitely need to be with someone who games throw. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, uh, I think that if you're someone that likes to get, well, I can't say that it needs to be that way, but hey, 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 hey. Thanks for the follow. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Um, Yeah, but no, it's, it's, I do think that it's important to kind of, if it's something that's very core to your life, either that person being very understanding about it and cool with it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's sometimes where people say, oh, I'm all right with, with that you game a lot or not. Now, when rubber meets the, the ground and you actually start gaming hardcore, then they start to have a problem with it. And it's like, oh, you play games so much. You don't spend enough time with me. You know, why we don't do the things that we used to do when we first, you know, was getting together and whatnot. And it's like, but I've always been like this. Like, I, this has never changed. Like, what, what, like, why are you getting bothered now about this all of a sudden, you know? So I know Pam's so, <laughs> laughing. She's like, oh, I heard that before. <laughs> I, I heard this story before. This is, this is something that is common in my book of life but no it's true and so you really do have to find that person that really is understanding and usually that's when someone games themselves and you know plays a lot as well but um i don't know i've here's the crazy thing i've never really i've never been in a relationship with someone that game like more than me or the same as me which i, I definitely i don't game as much as i used to um, but man, I don't know. That just would be, I don't know. It would just be different. It would be a different experience for me, which I would like. I definitely would like that. But 
I can. I, it makes me think back to when I was playing um, Final Fantasy fourteen, like super hardcore. I was doing everything. I was farming, mining, fishing, uh, doing story, doing savage mode. I was doing everything. And look, I can honestly say that probably 80% of my life. No, no, no. Take that back. So we would work. And then once I got off of the off the shift, it would literally be from four or five o'clock until maybe 2 a.m. in the morning my life is dedicated to playing Final Fantasy. And yeah, not healthy at all. <laughs> and then I'm looking around like, oh, you wonder why, Jay, you're not getting any of your other work done. You know, that well, that's why. So eventually I had to realize that, hey, you know, this is not good for me. And, and I had to switch things up. But not going to lie, I definitely miss Final Fantasy. And, you know, it would have been nice to have a companion that someone that I was in a relationship with to play the game with, you know, and I can be like, Hey, you know, I got to go to bed so you can take the controller and, and farm the rest of the stuff for me while I sleep. And we just take shifts like that. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You will not have a relationship a couple years later. I promise. That's, that's not good advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so near automata, um, when machines think about reproducing, what is it that you're going to do? What will you do about it? Now, me, I'm telling you right now, once I, and I'm not saying this might already be a thing. You know, I don't, I don't read a lot of um, tech articles and magazines. So machines might already be thinking about reproducing, especially how, what AI is doing right now. But once I see a machine, once I go to a grocery store and I scan my food and the machine says, Wait five minutes reproducing? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That's that's when I'm gonna have to go off the grid. Go off the grid. Now I now I have uh what what they got it? Um the the not the satellites. Uh yeah, no, I have the satellite where I am now I have uh the 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 what does it call it the sun where the sun uh polar solar system not solar system y'all know what I'm trying to say where you can save energy with the light and all that y'all know my mind don't always be there <laughs> but yeah I mean that that's how I would look at it like I gotta go off the grid because machines saying they're gonna re mass reproduce and everything on their own that is a very scary thought. Yes, solar panels. <laughs> That's absolutely it now. Solar panels is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I have the worst memory. That's, that's one thing I got to say. If you ever come to my streams, then you'll know that I have the worst memory ever. Like It's just, it's bad. So I will have the pivot to chat a lot for uh, answers. My bad. But hey, y'all hold me down. I appreciate that. You know, got your boy back. But yeah. So yeah, machines, machines reproducing. And I mean, just looking at how things are going right now in the world, man, we might not be too far from that. Now, I'm not trying to sound like uh, someone that's wearing a tinfoil hat that's <laughs> banging on a drum in the corner of a room. Like, no, no, I'm not saying that. You know, I, I do think that we're going to keep control of it because, you know, 
I don't I can't see humankind letting anybody have control of anything else. I mean, look, we are some creatures that say, hey, you know, we're charging people for air, we're charging people for water and everything else. So the idea that we're gonna just let machines run rampant, nah. Can't see it. Can't see it. The day that that'll happen, something like Power Rangers will be a very, very real thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to beat that too much because then y'all going to be like, okay, Jay starting to sound like one of those conspiracy theorist people. And that's not what I signed up here for. I signed up for anime. So let's talk about some more anime. <laughs> All right. Our next anime for discussion. And that is, which I think we're on four. Yeah. Okay. We have Spy Classroom episode four titled file full earner now this is kind of heavy i'm not gonna lie this is kind of a heavy discussion um in this episode claus visits a graveyard site where he pays his respect in the midst of a rainy weather day so you know you're at the graveyard it's raining and it, it really sets the mood of you know someone that's passed away and Unannounced, you know, while he's at this graveyard site, the young ladies that's a part of his organization, they remain quiet and they watch him from a distance as he's showing his gratitude and requests of, or requests rather, of protection for the people who are working with him right now and are alive. And yeah, I mean, it made me think about remembering the deceased because, um, now, I, I can be honest with y'all. I'm not someone that goes to graveyard sites, let alone funerals. Um, it's very hard for me because I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional person. And um, it's something about just seeing someone not responsive or knowing that you'll never really get to meet them again that makes it really hard to kind of... Um, put myself in that situation. I, I I would much rather recall the the moment the great moments that we had. And you know, it might not have been great moments all the time, but for the most part, you know, I can think about the the living moments that they had. And but I will say that I do have great amount of respect for those that can go and do go to visit their deceased. Um because there's some people that will frequently visit, you know, um their loved ones tombstones and set flowers and they do this very frequently where it might be every other month or maybe every quarter of a year or every year uh and man I, that just takes a lot of strength and you know i know that this is not a uh, common thing that a lot of people talk about uh but yeah i, I do think that there is um i'm not gonna say power but there is some um, there's something there's some something to be respected for someone that can reflect on those that have passed and gone uh, and are no longer here and just kind of reflect on those moments. And I, I tend to do it myself, where I think about you know all of our um, loved ones uh, that are you know fallen that have sacrificed for us. And I make sure that in, as I'm alive, that I do good things to hopefully make them proud of me going forward. And so, yeah, you know, that's just that moment of 
reflection when you're remembering the deceased. I mean, I think that that's something that in, important to do. Uh, and it's not saying that you have to do that, but um, sometimes, you know, as we're living our day-to-day -day lives, we don't, we tend to not want to think about those things because it's so morbid and, you know, it kind of brings the mood down. It's, you know, very dull, but I, for me, I, I, I kind of look at it as a happy moment in a way of, you know, knowing that the actions that I took and done at this moment are hopefully some things that are to be proud of. And in that moment of reflection, it makes me feel good that I can continue moving forward knowing or believing that I'm doing the right thing. And uh, not only that, but a lot of times, even your, um, you know, your parents or your other elders, they'll often let you know if you're doing well too. You know, they'll say, oh, like, uh, you know, Jay, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Don't, you know, keep working hard, whatever the case may be. And to me, th those are like whispers from, you know, your ancestors, you know, all the people that have fallen that say, you know, hey, like, you know, keep going, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. All right. Well, I won't continue down that road because I don't want y'all to get all sad on me and everything. <laughs> all right. We'll go to our next anime for discussion. And that is. Season two of Tokyo Revengers, episode four, titled Family Bonds. Now, this this was a cr like pretty wild episode. Like this whole new character. Well, let me just tell you about it. So Mitsuya arranges a meeting with Hakai's big brother, Taiju, who is currently the leader of the Black Dragons. Now, Taiju is... I mean, there's only one word for him, and, and that word is crazy. Taiju is crazy as hell. Like, I mean, there's really no other way around it. And you can tell he crazy because when you look in his eyes, y'all know that person that is like one eye is little, the other one is bigger, and it's like twitching? You know, that's like keen sign of like that person might be crazy, you know? So especially in anime, nine times out of 10, they're wild. And yeah, Taiju fits that uh, stereotype to the T. But yeah, so, you know, Masuya negotiates uh, a deal that, you know, he would allow Hakai to join the Black Dragons in return for their sister Yazuya's safety that would permanently ensure that she isn't touched in the future and left alone. And so here's the thing. Yazuya... Is, is Hakai and Taiju's little sister. So they're saving her from his, her older brother, basically. It's like, what big brother is so deranged to where they would physically harm their little, little sister, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, as siblings, we fight, you know, we, we do all those things. But no, this isn't like, this isn't like, regular fighting that we're talking about here. We're talking about fist balled up. You didn't do what I say. I'm punching you, you know, and that, that right there is, is crazy. So I, I just, look, I, I understand if you're listening to this and you know, if there's triggering uh, sensitive, you know, I, I apologize. Should have gave that warning a little bit earlier, but yes, you know, this, this was a very, very, wild episode and you know it made me think about protecting your younger siblings now 
you know, I'm sure a lot of us, we, you know, if you have a younger sister, younger brother, or even older brother, older sister, a lot of times we try to um, take up for them or, you know, just have their back in a, a situation where, you know, they might get jumped or they might get into a fight or an argument with someone. And you vocalize and let them know, like, hey, you're not going to talk to my younger brother or my younger sister, older brother, older sister in any type of way. You know, that is going to come with some type of repercussion. And yeah, I mean, that comes all in protecting your sibling. You know, it, it happens sometimes. Now, a short story time that I'll share with y'all because me and my siblings are kind of a little different, a little different, I would say. So my oldest brother, um, I, I was always very close with my younger brother growing up. We did pretty much everything together. But as we got older, I'll say maybe like age um, eight or nine, I want to say, no, let me, let me kind of go back. Let me go back a little bit further. So we were probably about six or seven years old, maybe five or six, six or seven, something like that. And we're inside of a store. And as we, before we get inside of the store, my grandmother gives us both like $5 a piece and says, Hey, you know, here's the money. Make sure y'all put it in your pocket. And, you know, y'all can go get candy or whatever it is y'all want because this is your money. So me and my brother, like, we're all excited. We're happy that we have, you know, have, uh, you know, this $5 each. And, you know, we're all excited. So we're thinking, oh, we're going to play video games in the store. Um, you know, we're going to buy some, you know, snacks and just all types of things, right? So, <laughs> so we, you know, as we're walking through, like the like, the clothes area and, you know, how you have, like, you know, the a lot of the times the clothes might be like really close to together. And so as you're going through the lanes, you might be like rubbing shoulders against clothes and they might fall off the hanger or something like that. Right. Well, as we get through a, a, like a lane, we see these other kids and they look like they were probably around our age. And, you know, me, not, but me and my brother, like as we're going through all these clothes, we're saying like, you know, we got money, we got money, stuff like that, just being really dumb, to be honest. <laughs> and the kids, these other kids, they hear us and they're like, oh, y'all got some money? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we got five, we got five dollars. <laughs> and so uh, the kids like, oh, really? Oh, let me see. And so me being like super gullible and, you know, just not thinking about the scenario and thinking everybody is kind and nice and wants to do the right thing. I showed him them my five dollars, and they're like, "Oh, you do have money!" And they yoink it out of my hand and take off running. And I'm like, "Hey, give me back my money!" And I start running after them, but I'm slow. <laughs> now, believe it or not, you know, I was way thinner and skinny at the time. I was, I was not, I was not big bone. I was not thick all my life, but. And especially during this time of my life, I was very thin and young and I was, I had a decent amount of speed, but I was just never like one of the fastest kids in my, in my town. And so I couldn't catch up with the kids. They stole my money and I'm left big sad, like just severely upset. So now I'm crying. I'm going back to my grandmother and my grandmother's asking, Oh, what's wrong? What, what happened? And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> He, you guys took 
my five dollars. You know, I'm just going crazy right now. Just like slobbering, just, you know, nose bubbles and just everything. And my grandmother, she's like, well, that's why you can't be showing your money off and, you know, things like that. And so my brother, you know, he was chastising me like before, like before my money got stolen, he was telling me, bro, stop saying what you got or not, you know, that you got money and stuff like that. But I was a hard-headed. I didn't want to listen to my brother. And so in that moment, after the fact, I'm, you know, I'm telling my brother, oh, you know, you was right. And so I kind of had this thing where after that moment where I kind of listened to my brother about everything, right? So, okay. So now I'm going to take y'all to another story, kind of like how me and my brother kind of grew apart in a sense, only from like a protection standpoint. So that moment right there made me feel some type of way because even though my brother was around, he didn't even, and he told me not to do anything. Like he didn't necessarily do anything, you know, like he didn't, you know, he didn't really run. I felt like he didn't run hard and like really fight for me. I felt that way. So I, I felt I was kind of upset with him a little bit about that. But then I started to grow like this whole new attitude where I'm starting to see people in my neighborhood. You know, they would say, you know, they would say, oh, I'm going to get my little brother to fight you or beat you up or whatever if they got upset or, or something like that. Or, I'm going to get my big sister, or whatever the case. And so that scenario made me feel like, you know what, That's, that situation is never going to happen to me again. And not only that, but I'm never going to be in a position where I have to beg my little, my oldest brother to stand up for me. You know, so I literally went to my, my oldest brother and I told him, look, if you ever see me get into a fight with somebody or anything like that, don't intervene. Like, I don't want you to jump in. Let me fight. I'll be fine. I don't care if I'm winning. If I'm losing, it doesn't matter. Like, let me fight my, my battle. Now, if I'm getting jumped or something like that, then yes, you know, come in you know, to, to my, to my defense. But if it's a one-on-one, like, I don't want there to be a story of like, oh, him and his older brother, they were whooping on this kid. And like, now they're looking at us like, oh, like you're, um, you don't, you know, th those brothers, they don't fight fair. Like, no, I, w I wanted to make sure that anybody that knew me in the neighborhood, that if I was going to fight you, it was going to be straight up. And it was all me, you know, it had nothing to do with my brother. So, yeah, and I think because I went to my brother and I told him that, it kind of like I don't know, it's like, it's like almost taking your your brother, your your siblings power away from them. You know, like, you know, like they want to uh they want to be they want to come to your defense. They want to be someone that's like a shield to you. And so, yeah, I, I feel bad about that like now, like looking back, like man, I kind of wish I didn't say it like that per se. But at the same time, I ain't gonna lie, like, I, I, I'm also glad that I did do it because it set me completely apart. Like, it it made others look at me and my brothers differently. And so now it became, oh, yeah, if you do mess with them and jump them or whatever, yeah, they're all gonna attack you. But if you mess with either one of them by themselves, they'll fight you and they got, they got some skills, you know? And I like that. I like that fact that people will see me for me, I guess. But yeah, kind of bad, but hey, you know, big bro, he he you know, he, he got some of his power taken away from him, but yeah, yeah, he, he cool. 